Hi everyone, welcome back to A Cup of Cozy. My name is Oriana. And I'm Wanda. And today we are back with our first guest that we had and some of your favorites, former captain of the New York Rangers and one of our favorite people, Barry Beck. How are you, Barry? Good morning, ladies. Good morning. It's, uh, it's morning in morning in Hong Kong, so and I know it's uh, nighttime there for you. So it is. It is. Uh, let's uh, let's let it roll. <laughs> so here in I don't know if they have it over where you are, or do you follow astrology at all? Um, not too much. Do you know like what your sign is? No. Oh, yes, I do. What are you? I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. Very nice. We're Scorpios, both of us. This is the part okay. where you go, oh, <laughs> Scorpios. Congratulations. So right now is the last day here of Mercury being in retrograde. Now, okay. during Mercury retrograde, all things, like, go amiss. Like, in the beginning mm. of retrograde, my dog had, like, mouth surgery, and then, like, today my dad didn't feel good randomly. So did you have any issues during the past, I'd say, three weeks? Well, there's been big changes in my life because See? I'm coming to the end, uh, end of uh, uh, working for my company for 14 years. So June 30th is my last day. Wow. And so, of course... Uh, that has been something I have to deal with, and um, but it's a step forward for me. Everything now that I do is a step forward, so it's a great opportunity for me. It's all part of what and we talked a little bit, little bit about in the last show about the trauma that I've experienced and how I'm getting through it, and uh, you know it's a it's a struggle uh, some days, but. Uh, uh, having that, and then all of a sudden, uh, not being rehired at my job. Um, yeah, I've had to deal with that, but I got to move forward. If yeah. I want to uh, have a legacy for both my son Brock and Mark Pavlich for their names in a scholarship fund that I will do through my website, um, then, uh, then, then I have to be able to handle that and and keep moving forward yes now the, in the past has happened you know the, right. the, the the past is depression the, the future is anxiety and and so live so live now that's and right. uh so that's so that's what i'm doing as, now, as far as the, go ahead i'll go ahead now everybody can't see barry right now but we can because we're on a zoom call with him he has this really great merchandise that he is wearing and just as he just spoke about his scholarship fund <clears throat> honoring his son and mark pavlich he is going to have such an incredible line of merchandise i wish you guys could see the shirt right now but maybe by the time this episode is up you will have some prototypes over on your facebook so if you guys are not following barry on Facebook, you should add him. And also, what's your Instagram, Barry? Do you know your Instagram username? Um, I think it's. Let me check. <laughs> Let me check for I you. It, I know it's. I, I think it's Barry Beck zero zero five. Zero zero five. Yeah. Let's see. I'm and again, I just want to reiterate, Barry does not follow me on Instagram, but it's okay. He does not follow me either. I follow him. Me too. It is Barry Beck zero zero five. I'm sorry. I I think I have 2 million followers right now, so ladies, I'm sorry. 
But yes, everybody follow Barry. You can look for him on <laughs> Facebook under Barry Beck and then his Instagram. I'll also make sure to link them down below here. But you have a lot of stuff coming up. You mentioned that you were leaving your job and you are going to be launching a website, but you also have a book that you have been working on. And if you guys follow Barry on his social media, you can scroll down and kind of get a feel for what this book is going to be like. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about the book and, you know, anything else? Go for it. I think, think, uh, well, this is something that I've been thinking about over the past couple of years with, with, um, uh, my conversations with Mark Pavlich and, and his story. And uh, he had asked me to be his voice uh, because he doesn't like to deal with the media. And of course, everybody wanted to know what was happening with him and, uh, because it was sort of very secretive. And um, so through those conversations, uh, some of them, I believe that were, actually all of them were taped by the facility that he was in. So there were some things that we couldn't talk about. So if we wanted to talk about something about law, we would maybe use a little code um, so that we could discuss something. Um, but yeah, I'm going to dig deep into it. And uh, there's a lot of, questions that need to be answered for me to to write the book and for it to be honest and come from my heart and that's the way that I write I mean you don't have to google any of my words so I think it'll be a a pretty a pretty easy read but it will be uh, emotional and that's the way that I write and um, it's an emotional subject the two-year journey that I was on with Mark from being a teammate of his with the Rangers and then subsequently seeing him on Facebook being arrested. And uh, then that's how the journey all started. So, and through Mark asking me to be his voice, I, I fell in love with writing and I, I had never done that before. And uh, so, and it all is also very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to, I don't think so much for me doing it on the computer. I think to actually hand write is more more therapeutic yeah, than doing absolutely. it on the computer for me. There, there's just more substance to it uh, for me. So, and that's what that's what I need to feel when I'm writing the book. Mm-hmm. I, I need to feel that emotion. And of course, some of it will be factual. Um, and, you know, the, just the journey was, uh, it was a tough one at times. So, so I'm going to be able to talk about that in the book. And um, I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands all of a sudden or I think I am after June 30th, um, but I got a lot to do. I got a lot to do with my own website and, and launch a new project called Project Courage here in Hong Kong with uh, initiatives in mental health. And it's not something that is discussed in Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. And um, I spent 14 years of my life here. 
and I just can't leave without trying to do something about it. And that'll be through uh, Brock and Mark. And uh, so my website will be in Cantonese and will be in English. So you might have to brush up on your Cantonese. I, I, I definitely uh, have to start just learning it in general. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it at all, so I will have to start. You know, the, the, the main language uh, uh, is Mandarin uh, throughout China. Mm-hmm. Or they call it, well, they also call it Putumwa. Uh, but down, you get down a little bit more south uh, near Hong Kong, which is in China. You got to look on the map, which I had to do at first because I didn't even know where it was. I knew it was a part of China, but I did not know it was so far south and in a temperate climate. So that's one of the, one, one of the reasons why I love being here is because of the climate. I like it warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it reminds me a lot of New York City. Uh, to eight million people, but wow. there's so much adventure here as far as green space and islands and beautiful beaches, and so that's right around you all the time. So so it's a beautiful spot. So I'm going to do most of my work from here and try to help in ment- in mental health. And like I said, we'll get 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 hooked up with the right NGOs, and uh, and we'll see if that's that includes a church or or a place where we can welcome people and uh, and be together and sort of can discuss it. But we like to be creative. I like to be creative using music, uh, especially music, actually. Uh, I think it's great therapy for people. Mm-hmm. And so we'll look to be creative with young people and use my website as a platform for them. Uh, so that's one part I'm looking forward to is being able to be involved with young artists um, because I like that. It's the same as being involved with young athletes mm-hmm. and seeing them develop and watching young artists develop. I, I think... Uh, that's good that's good for my soul so that's sort of the path i'm on and uh is, is writing the book uh helping out with mental health here in hong kong and uh that's the path i'm going to continue on and, but of course i'm still involved with the ranch and will be involved with the ranch um in uh, in the usa so that that may be in minnesota and uh, first, we have uh, the Mark Pavlich Golf Tournament coming up August 16th. I hope that I'm going to be available to be there. I might have to fly to Costa Rica first, or I don't know exactly how I'm going to get to Minneapolis or where I have to fly, but that could be New York and then to Minneapolis. Or yeah. I'll just have to see. I'll just have to see how, what the restrictions are right now in Hong Kong. Uh, for people who are vaccinated coming back into Hong Kong, now it's only one week quarantine. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so that's good. Okay. So, uh, I think I think it's going to stay like that for a little while. Yeah. Um, that one week could be into August, or or maybe even deep for deeper and further into the year. Um, but people have to be vaccinated. Yeah, same here. Same so here. If, you, if you want to travel, 
go and when travel does open up you're going to have to have covid test and and right. be vaccinated yeah, yeah so. they have a thing here. I don't know if it's in every state, but we have a thing. It's on our phone. You got it two weeks after you were fully vaccinated, and it's called an Excelsior Pass. And you have to show that when you go to concerts or certain venues and to travel, you have to show that you've mm -hmm. been fully vaccinated they just had a, mm -hmm. a concert at madison square garden the other night full capacity a hundred percent vaccinated and you had mm -hmm. to well, have proof i yeah. mean things are more open <clears throat> up here i mean we don't have like mask mandates anymore we don't have like capacity restrictions but some people like use the honor system we were just talking about it today right like not a lot of places are really checking to see if you're yeah. vaccinated <clears throat> It's kind of just like, well, if you're vaccinated, do your thing, but they're not checking. But at certain places, like travel, I think travel, though, you still have to quarantine. I think here in the like United States, you might have to still quarantine two weeks. From anywhere. I'm not 100% sure. Now, how long is the yeah. flight from Hong Kong to it's, uh, here? To, to Hong Kong to New York yeah. is 15, 15 hours. Wow. And then, of course, you got to wait to make a connection. connection. Yeah. And th then, I, then I think it's maybe three hours to Minneapolis. Yeah, because it's like three or four from, hours. Yeah. From New York. Yeah. So that that's probably the way that I go because a lot of people, and I've done in the past, will fly to Taipei or um, um, or Japan, uh, but you're going to have to quarantine first before you can get the connection to go to the USA wow. if you're flying into into another country. Right. Oh, okay. See, so, so we still yeah. in Hong Kong there were people wearing masks far before COVID right. and the we pandemic talked, hit. Yeah, we've been I mean it's pretty it, it's pretty well known that if you if you don't you're in you're in the minor, minority. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. because people had to deal with SARS here early on right. in the uh, 2000s and yeah. so they're, they're used to that and many will continue to wear it no despite what, right. the regulations it's yeah. part of so your it's culture very, very yeah it's very natural thing here now not to be disrespectful to you but you brought this up that you have been where you are now for 14 years so when you first went there you were 14 years younger and i know a lot of our listeners are very interested <clears throat> in where you live and what it's like and one of the things that they asked me is, how is dating different in another country? I've dated men from other countries, but I've never dated in another country. So why don't you tell us a little bit about back 14 years or even now, what it is like dating in a place like China as opposed to New York City? Now, like, do you use like the apps? Well, they... <laughs> No, no. No apps? No, no, no apps? No Tinder? I, <laughs> no, homie hasn't gotten self-involved in that. <laughs> um, so I'm not on any apps or search search out anybody like that. Okay. Um, there, of course, are more women than there are men mm -hmm. in Hong Kong and in, in China. Right. Um, so it's... It, it's very easy, but it's a different culture. They look at, um, I think they look at foreign men as, as being more um, <clears throat> more helpful with uh, uh, 
family and and being more supportive to them okay. than uh, other men in their own culture in Southeast Asia. Okay. And so you're looked you're looked at it as the provider. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but you know that doesn't really come too much into dating. Um, you know, Hong Kong is a very open country with with a diverse with. Uh, many different uh, ethnicity. Sorry, I can't say that word right now. <laughs> That's okay. Ethnicity, whatever it is, <laughs> you know what you know what it is. Um, so, so it's uh, it's very very easy over over the past fourteen years for me. I I love being in relationships. Okay. And. Um, um, but I'm a Gemini also, as we talked early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I get I get bored easily, and uh, so I need to be uh, stimulated. And <laughs> that, of course, I'm talking about mentally. Mentally, <laughs> yes. As far as long as we're being transparent here, uh, so that I really need in a relationship. I need somebody to be my best friend and um, really be able to talk to them about anything. And I don't think I've ever had that in my life. Okay. So, so right now I need to do a lot of talking uh, because, because I have a lot going on in my life and I need to talk about it. And part of that is right. And, and part of that is writing. And I, w- I would say to anyone who's sort of in the same position as me uh, is, is to be able to write and to be able to put your thoughts down, especially calmly. And that also for me, um, I think meditation has also helped Mm -hmm. in really be able to slow my thoughts down and put them together in constructive and positive way. And that definitely helps that that is part of my recovery along along with my faith and um, and being as I've said before being kind to myself and not being hard on myself um, because I'm moving forward and taking steps up and if I'm going to do that then I have to follow the right path and and be open about who I am if I'm if I'm on a podcast or if I'm writing then it's it's going to be honest and whether that's been hurtful to me or not, then then I read about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I like to talk about relationships and connecting with people, chemistry with different people. Um, I, I love that. I think that's part of our lives and a positive part. And that has helped me in my healing and recovery. Soon it'll be one year, uh, July 26th, when my son was murdered. So now we're, by the end of this month, there's going to be another bail bail hearing for the four young men that were arrested in the case. And I don't, I don't like to talk about the case too much right now, but mm-hmm. we have, there's one out on bail already. And uh, I think the possibly another one could get out on bail also. 
So after hearing, after hearing what was going on at the first bail hearing, so you find out a lot of information you didn't know that the police couldn't tell you because the police have to turn over all the information to the defense attorneys. Right. And then the case is discussed with the judge and then they proceed. But the trial will probably be maybe another another two years yet. Wow. So courts are backed up. So when I talk about faith based you know, if somebody leaves you, somebody's gone, their spirit is always there. And the, their spirit is close to you. So I believe there must be something else. And uh, if I have my son closer to me now than he was before, then that that is a good thing for me. It makes me stronger. And, it, and I don't take the path of being self-destructive uh, because it's it's easy to do. It's easy to, easy to cross over that line, okay? If you cross over it once or twice, then you're lucky to be able to make it back uh, because, the, you know, when we get into mental health issues, that's what, that's what you're dealing with mm-hmm. when, you deal, when you deal with trauma. And so I sort of make trauma become my friend and, uh, and use it to, to be strong and and keep moving like that so it's steps forward not back keep moving forward and keep trying to help and make sure that there is a legacy for my son's name in mental health now i know in the west there are, there's a lot of mental health being said right uh, and it, it's everywhere right now yeah. uh, but but here in Hong Kong China it's nowhere uh, because the culture doesn't want to talk about it uh, because if they're they're associated and have mental illness in their family then others think that the whole family could have a problem okay. and when they think mental illness they think people are crazy right and it's not a disease we know we right. we, we know that there are complicated cases right. oh, yeah. uh, that, that, that need help uh, in, in different ways. But uh, I think really listening to other people. And, and there, are some, uh, there are some things that you can do to, to help yourself. And other people will be on board with you also. So... I would say talk about it with friends. And if you don't have friends, then you may have to talk to somebody professionally. Right. So, so the best thing is talking about it and more awareness because then it brings up different subjects and can only be beneficial to you. Exactly. Um, I have a, what I think is a, a really good question. Obviously, you had a tremendous connection with your son. It's your son. But you obviously were one of the first people to reach out to Mark when he had his problems. And you had a tremendous connection with him more than most people. Because if people don't know Mark or didn't know Mark, he was a very quiet person. He didn't socialize much. He wasn't the cheerleader on the team. He was quiet. So what do you think are the comparisons that you can draw 
between Brock and Mark for those of the people that didn't know Brock and didn't know Mark because it's obvious there's a connection between them and I think there's obvious there's a connection between you. So what was the connection you think between Mark and Brock that brought you to this point to connect them if they're not connected already in what we would presume the afterlife? Well, I am connected to both of them uh, through their spirits. And so they're always close to me. Now, <clears throat> my son didn't have any direction in his life. Um, but then at the age of 18, he, got, he was interested in mental health um, because his mother deals with mental health issues such as bipolarism and, and some other things. And she's had a real rough time since uh, Brock was murdered. And um, she should be um, in some counseling, but she doesn't want it right now. So every day is difficult for her. And Brock, one reason why he went into mental health was to try and help his mother. So that's why he got into that field. Now, my own father passed away from dementia. And so when Brock finally found a direction to get into mental health, I thought, I thought, great. Now he's finally found a passion because he didn't have a passion for anything, for sports, for music, the arts, nothing. Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, I had discussions with him about that and he wanted to go and further educate himself in that field and, and maybe become a, a practitioner of some type in that field. Now, the connection with Mark is, of course, of his own mental health issues that he was going through while he was in the psychiatric facility in Minnesota and what he had to go through every day. Now, I used to say the very first conversation I had was, is it like the cuckoo's nest? Uh, uh, you know, like being there. And he said, yeah, pretty damn close. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty close. So, you know, he was in there for over a year before he was eventually out and then gone to the Eagle's nest, Eagle's landing nest. And um, so, so I, it's all, it's all connected to me with Brock, with Mark, with my father. I mean, it just seems we have to do more in this field to be able to help people, make it, people aware of it, that it's, it's okay. It's okay to have issues that you have to deal with the best thing is to talk talk to people and don't uh, don't become a recluse because that's what you tend to do because you don't want to deal with the issues well you got to deal with it so to make any breakthrough to make any headway and that's that's what i have to do every day I mean, it's like that for every, every day when I wake up, I think of Brock and Mark. When I go to bed, I think of Brock and Mark. So I think good things. Now, when it comes to writing the book, then I'm going to have to answer some other questions. Um, that I think people want to know about. Mm -hmm. Because 
They want to know what happened. Right. And they want to know how, how did he get, how did he get there in the first place? Right. What happened five years prior to that? What was going on? Because I know he went through a lot of trauma in his life from a very from a very early age. Now, no, I didn't know Mark then, right. but from what I, what I've told, he was pretty well the same personality. You know, he didn't talk a lot. He just loved hockey, he loved the outdoors, loved hunting and fishing, and he loved Minnesota. And uh, I used to go, we used to go to Minnesota to play, and any time we did, I mean, it was like always twenty below and thirty <laughs> below, wind blowing, and we always used to tell Pav. They always used to say, "Yeah, this is a great place to live." <laughs> I mean, I can't can't see anybody wouldn't want to live here. So, you know, he he, he was very quiet, and a lot of the teammates um, used to think that, you know, he didn't care what was going on, but that, that was just his personality. You know, he he just wanted to be left alone. Just let me play hockey. I love playing hockey. So if you were his coach, like Herb Brooks was, that's what you did. You just let him play. And, of course, he became a star on the Rangers. And, uh, you know, Ron Duque was a, was a good, very good player. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, when he was, well, he's always been very fit. So he was able to play. I think he plays in a lot of these, uh, I don't want to say old time game, but <laughs> a classic uh, mm -hmm. yeah, alumni game, game yeah. when they have the winter winter classics, the classics, they yeah. have he alumni does. games. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think he takes them pretty seriously. Um, but Mark Pavlich really, really sent him on his way as an offensive player. I mean, Dukes was a great skater. And, uh, and Mark was great at finding the open player and being creative. That was his biggest asset was how smart he was with the puck. And, uh, and he wasn't afraid to go into those corners. You know, I don't, I don't think it was so much dudes wasn't going into the corners. I mean, when you, when you look at him and he's still, he's still a handsome guy. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're in our sixties right now. But he has a haircut so, now. Now he's so, got short hair. Oh, he has a, a new a new haircut. Oh okay. yeah, he's got short hair. But, it, it's it's he's still very handsome. You're right. He'll always be very handsome. Yeah, he's good look. He's, he's good looking got guy. short hair now, and sometimes when he yeah, pops up on got, my stuff, I don't recognize him with the shorter hair. I got a lot of great stories about about Ron. And yeah, me too. <laughs> being as a being as a teen, you know, when you go on the road. You're you're going in to play in the other other team's facility, and so you have to become closer together. So you usually right. go out With as a team. You go out for dinner, right? And you have a couple of cocktails and have some fun, <laughs> and um, and so yeah, a lot of stories about dudes. I could I could write my another my book. Own That's book another on, book. Second on, book. What was it like being all, Ron Duguay's friend? <laughs> on him, him, well, I think everybody pretty well knows what it was like. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Anybody knows. So, but I'll concentrate. <laughs> I'll, I'll concentrate on Mark and 
of course, while I was uh, being close with Mark, that's when the murder of my son happened. Mm -hmm. And so he really cared more about how I was feeling than when I would ask him how he was doing. He wasn't very, very concerned with that. He was more concerned with how I was feeling. So that's that's part of the story, is our discussions that we had of, of what I went through and how talking to him helped me also um, because of his own struggles. And I knew how fragile he was from the very beginning after talking with him. And uh, so we were always concerned that something might happen to him. So, especially being in the psychiatric facility, mm-hmm. we thought the chances of him, something happening to him there, were very high. And so we were trying to get him out of there. And Clint Millarchuk, uh, working, working with Gene and sort of behind the scenes, was able to help get him out of there and get him into the hands of Melanie Butler at the Nest, where it was a more open facility. And so he seemed a lot happier there. Uh, but I think something happened. He was he was coming up for a court session. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is where it gets a little complicated uh, with, with what happened and the message that was being relayed to him of the possibilities of him going to, to jail um, over... Uh, over his felony charges that he still had to face. And he wasn't going to go to jail. He didn't want to go to jail. He'd already been over a year in the psychiatric facility. So his next move from the nest would have been to the ranch. And we'll see how that plays out coming up in the future because there is... I believe a lot of good things that are going to happen. I mean, people are talking about mental health more and more. Mm-hmm. And and athletes are doing things. You know, uh, at, I know some are, some are rollerblading around North America on behalf of mental health. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling my web designer, I'm saying, we, we got to get my website up because there's another celebrity talking about mental health every day. Yeah. Whereas in Hong big. Kong, here it's big. It's not, you know, we it's, have people like not, Michael Phelps, who was the Olympic yeah. swimmer, uh, Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. who is yeah. a, a singer. There's lots you know, of here them. in the United yeah. States. There's a lot more talk about it, but of course, just it's, like you know, there's still the stigma attached to it. It isn't right. thought of as a disease like cancer or you know epilepsy or even something minor, it is thought of as such a taboo subject. It is not yes. thought of as just a disease. So I guess to wind this up and to do it on a positive note, if you could have any wish when it comes to the legacy you want to leave behind for Brock and for Mark, what is the one wish that you wish everybody could adhere to or deal with or know about the journey that you have taken? Well, I hope, you know, my window isn't isn't a big window to have. I sort of look at the next 
five years, very important part of my life. And that will be trying to change the thoughts and the, and the way people think about mental health here in Hong Kong. And through that, building a legacy through Brock and Mark Scholarship Fund that will help post-secondary students study mental health and uh, mental health and recovery and hopefully become practitioners here in Hong Kong and build on that and have the really the next generation are going to be the ones that need to talk about it. And so that's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and help the next generation. And uh, that'll be through Brock and Mark together. So if I can do that and it, in, in that, by doing that, help other people, that's really what it's about for me is I don't think it'll be the legacy of me being a hockey player for the Rangers. I think it'll be what I do in the next five years. That will be the most important part of my life to come yet. That's excellent. So we do want to remind all of our listeners that this coming Wednesday, we are going to have Barry join us for the first time on our Wicked Wednesday segment. It will be live, so no questions will be held back. Um, if people want to slide in the DMs, I'm sure they will start after that because they <laughs> they will come ready with lots of questions D- for you. The DMs the DMs are are what again? Can you, the, the, okay, the, so that's like on like Instagram. There's like a little section where people can slide into your direct messages. They'll message you like no, privately. Direct messages. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's where messages. all the that's where all the fun stuff on the internet happens. Oh. Oh. In okay. the DMs. Yes. And in hockey okay, culture can, today, that's I, a good time. All right. <laughs> it's a very good time. So um, yeah. that will be interesting. So everybody can join us again on Wednesday to talk with Barry. He'll be talking about relationships and dating and whatever else. His book. His whoa, book, whatever whoa, else we throw whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Preferences. Dating. Maybe a little astrology. Anything and everything, everything. we're going to have him talk and about. And remember, it is Wicked Wednesday, so you can be as wicked as you like, and we'll allow Barry to be as wicked as he likes. And, okay. Um, I think Barry can be pretty wicked. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll have to test him out a little bit, see how wicked Barry can be. I'm going to have to prepare myself. <laughs> Rest up. A Rest lot up. of preparation. So we want to <laughs> remind everybody to follow Barry on all of his social media. I will link it below the podcast as well as you can connect with both of us make sure you stream this podcast wherever you listen to your current podcast we post new episodes all the time and if you did not already know barry is a frequent guest he will be showing up here monthly he will eventually have his own segment i i feel barry will have his own segment here and eventually barry will have his own podcast yes that's the goal the goal is to transfer all of the love and support you guys give us transfer it over to barry's podcast because i think you can all tell by listening to him and his stories he is quite a special person and we are lucky each and every time he comes on our show so we did want to thank you again barry for joining us today thank you we ladies love thank you, you here and I, lo- I love being here and i love talking to you and seeing you and and being, being able to converse and talk about different subjects i think it's very good for me very healthy for me uh so thank you for for giving me this platform to be able to connect with other people 
uh, maybe some that have gone through the same trauma as me. And uh, it's not always the same incident when it comes to trauma. Uh, so it can be can be different, but there are ways to help yourself. So that that is what I I like to really connect to people and tell them is that uh, there are things to be able to help yourself with what you're going through. That's right, and I think uh, so, people listening to him, they can hear. I think people hearing your story, I think you lead by example. You are living proof of how you came out on the other side and continue to want to help others, which is an incredible thing. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, sort of my goal now. As I said, that's a, my five-year plan for my website, my own projects inside the website mm -hmm. is through mental health, I think we're going to have to be very creative yeah. in what we're able to do here uh, to be able to help people. So when they when they can't seek help, when they're when they don't maybe trust the government, or right. they don't feel they don't want to expose themselves. Uh, so if you make it open through young people mm -hmm. uh, okay. being able to discuss it then that is the connection that I think can be made through the arts and, uh, and, and also through animal therapy. And, uh, and I really believe in, in nature also. So all those are part of well-being and, and uh, mindfulness and, and uh, being mentally sound and balanced. Uh, so that, that's sort of my goal. I, I sort of got this Wicked Wednesday sort of in the back of my mind here. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> now, do you do you do you want me to go Wicked right now? It, no, <laughs> save, save it, save it, save you the want, Wicked, save it. You want me to save it? Yes, yes. save it. And um, we want right. you guys to know. I I talk about how often I feel privileged to know Barry on any level, but I will tell you: the more you talk to Barry, the more you know Barry, the more you get out of him as a person. And I pray for each and every one of you that listen to our podcast to find your Barry. Because um, I'm not giving him up. He's not available. <laughs> I have him right now. Ori has him and, and a few other people. But find your Barry in life. Find the person who you feel you can talk about anything with and who will get you through anything and that you can help along the way. And that is the relationship I share with Barry. And I just hope that everybody can find their Barry. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky all the time to know him. So... We, again, thank him for joining us, and we thank each and every one of you for listening and for tuning in. Make sure you set your calendars for Barry's first Wicked Wednesday. I have a feeling it is going to be something very special. So until next time, everybody, <laughs> find your Barry and stay cozy.